Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined today by Brett Musco. Brett is an endurance athlete, and we had a great discussion about his experience as an athlete, specifically when it comes to training and the things he has learned in the process. Whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find this conversation highly valuable. So let's tune in. Brett, thank you for joining me today. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Super excited to be here. And uh, yeah, definitely a fan of the podcast and glad to finally be up to be on that. Awesome. I'm excited to talk to you. I love talking to athletes and just hearing their stories, their journeys, their highs, their lows, all of that stuff. <laughs> so we will dive into all of that and learn more about what makes you who you are. But um, before we do that, just a little bit about you. Who are you? Yeah, um, so I can get started. Um, I am based on the East Coast of the US, uh, up here in Boston. Um, so I guess as my full-time job, I am a product manager in, in kind of the tech industry. Um, but, you know, obviously as like my passion, I do uh, triathlons, um, in particular in more recent years, uh, getting into kind of more long distance triathlons, the half Ironman, the Ironman distances. Um, I'm also a runner, so I like to do uh, trail running. I like to do marathons. Um, kind of anything endurance sporty is really what draws me in. Uh, so, you know, I'm always up for a challenge and, and trying something new. So, yeah. Awesome. And you did not grow up an athlete, correct? That's kind of more of a later in life thing for you? Yeah, I I played high school golf in, in high school, I guess. I wouldn't say I was very good at it. Um, I did really nothing in college. Uh, and then I got into uh, kind of a general stuff after college. Um, so, you know, my background there actually was I uh, had a couple of shoulder injuries uh, late in college, um, playing some intramural sports, stuff like that. Um, and uh, as for my PD, I started swimming. Um, so uh, in 2017, actually, it was really uh, it's kind of a charity swim uh, near where my grandparents are that I've watched for 20 years. It's uh, open water swim. And I said, you know, I've been swimming like always wanted to try this. I'm going to go for it. Uh, so I, I did that one year and I guess I, I went down the hill from there. So that, that's what got <laughs> me going. So <laughs> you were hooked. Yep. <laughs> that's pretty like I've swam open water once. Most of my swimming is indoor. Like that's pretty aggressive to do your first event. Like, let's just go open water and do this. Yeah. It was, uh, it was also 1.8 miles and it was across the bay. And I, at first, like, you know, it's like, oh, you know, 1.8 miles, I can swim down in the pool, do, do laps and stuff. But, you know, when you go across the bay, it's like, I can't really see the bottom. There's no lane line there. There's waves, there's boats. Like, it, it was uh, definitely threw myself in the deep end, pun intended, I guess. So. <laughs> well, at least you did not need to be rescued and uh, <laughs> you made it to the other side. As an athlete... What has your background been as far as training goes? Has it all been just self-coached? Have you worked with coaches in the past? Yeah, so I have pretty much been self-coached. Um, really, you know, a lot of what has drawn me, I think, to endurance sports is uh, this kind of process of learning and coaching through it. Um, so, you know, for me, like I'm very technical. I like to analyze the stuff and I've, I've kind of done the same um, with, you know, my things. I've read stuff online. I've tried stuff out. Um, I've tried coaching plans from online, you know, really been trying to fit what actually works for me and what works for my body and, and how I kind of train. Um, 
I think it's kind of different for everyone. Uh, I think I am a very self-focused, you know, athlete. Uh, and, you know, it's good for me that I don't necessarily need someone to uh, check up on me and stuff. I'm driven to kind of keep pushing my limits. Um, but that's been kind of my background. Um, but it's really been kind of a, a learning process. Um, and I think that's one thing, you know, also particularly in running and in triathlon is that, you know, you don't have to go out and, and try to train yourself for an Ironman or a marathon to start. Um, and that you can very much start at these smaller, more achievable goals. Maybe don't start with the open water swim. That was maybe my, my weak point. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you start with 5K. You can start with, you know, a walk, something like that, and, and begin to build yourself up and really take where you learn at these kind of shorter distances uh, and, and kind of, you know, begin to apply them as you get to, you know, longer, harder events as you kind of develop. Yeah. I think something you said is really important there. Um because so many people, which, you know, if you don't want a coach, you don't necessarily need to get a coach, but so many people just go online and look for the generic training programs, which is totally fine. If that means you're, you know, if it works yeah. for you and your lifestyle, but I think where the disconnect is, is exactly where you excelled, which is like, is this working for me? What works with this program? What doesn't, what needs to be tweaked? And I think that's um, hugely important when it comes to finding those programs online. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like actually one thing, you know, I see with, you know, other friends in sports and people who are coaches is really where I see a huge benefit of some of the coaching that happens is a coach knowing when to hold you back and when to slow you down. A lot of people go out and they take these plans and I could say I learned by mistake uh, for sure um, is they go out and they try to, you know, they read the plan like, I have to do this on this day. I have to run these paces. I have to bike this, I have to do that. And they kind of just like beating themselves down to the point where, you know, sometimes you need to just be like, you know what, I've had a stressful week at work, you know, and that that's added on me. I haven't slept well. Like I can't go out and run into Baltimore. I can't go out and do track Tuesday. I need to just take a recovery day. I need to take a rest day. Um, and really learning from that as you kind of go along. And I think you're absolutely right. That's where I think some of the online plans can go wrong in where, you know, coaches can help or just learning to hold yourself back is really, really important. Yeah. And that's huge. And I think we're, maybe it's just because I'm in endurance sports. So I see it more mm -hmm. often, but I see it, it so many times in endurance sports, as far as like, I just want to keep running fast. I don't want to take an easy day or like, not thinking or not even recognize the fact that you are stressed at work or you haven't been sleeping well. So your run might be slower or might just have to be slower or shorter or making these all making these modifications because as adults, unless you're a professional athlete and that's all you're doing, it's like <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think what people don't realize is that like, you know, stress is stress on your body. Like whether that's coming from, from doing exercise or whether that's coming from, you know, work or whether it's coming from life events or family. I mean, we all get stressed on the holidays and stuff like that too. Like, you know, stuff you have to factor in that that's going to affect your training. Um, and something, you know, I've learned, I've definitely, you know, early on in my training, like would really try to push hard on training if I was on a vacation or home for the holidays. Um, and I would just, wear myself down. I would either, you know, start having a nagging injury or I'd get sick. Um, and eventually begin to realize that if you do that, like, you know, if I get sick, like I'm out for two weeks, I'm out for a week. And that's a lot worse than if I had just taken, you know, a couple of days of easy running just to relax. And the fitness I gained there versus fitness I lose kind of long-term, it's a balancing act that you have to kind of learn. Um, I think it's very important. Yeah. Yeah. And I think along with that too, something that I, a lot of people don't realize is like, 
our training is technically breaking our body down. It's that recovery time that we build it back up and make it actually stronger or faster and more powerful. And, and like, so taking that time, whether it's a planned rest day or an unplanned rest day because of stress is, can be super beneficial for that reason too. Yeah. And I, I see, it's funny. Someone at my pool the other day saw me swimming and they were just like, you know, like, why do you like to swim? And I wasn't swimming particularly hard. I wasn't like, you know, doing anything tough. And one of the reasons is like, for me, like, that's the perfect way I recover and I rest. It's like, you know, if I have a stressful day at work or if I have a stressful workout, I will sometimes just go to the pool and I'll just swim for, you know, an hour, not hard, just go up and down the pool. I'll lose complete track of time. But, you know, for me, you know, it's, it's a rest for both my mind mm -hmm. uh, in terms of, you know, you're kind of in that weird, like you have no music, you have no one to call you, your phone's somewhere in a locker. Um, and like also that little bit of active recovery, but also just, you know, taking it easy and just taking that time to like recent yourself, think about, you know, what you've done um, is super important, I think, in, in the training and endurance community. So, yeah, um, I think like the the other thing for me, and I say this because I'm just coming back from a trip, too, is uh, every time I take a trip and I'm in a new area, I actually really sometimes enjoy running because I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> and so I'm forced to forced to focus on like, OK, you got to remember that turn. Don't get lost. You have to find your way back to the Airbnb uh, and you're not focused on any of the numbers on your wrist or on your watch. Uh, and you're just kind of like out there and going. That kind of forces you to take that step back uh, and really, you know, just be in the moment, listen to your body, get a sense of what's going on and, and kind of allows you to rejuvenate a little bit. So, yeah, it's funny. That's actually when I. When I was in college, I did run, I ran competitively the first year of college. And then I kind of went yeah. a different direction, but that was kind of how I learned the town I lived in. Cause I'm like on obviously my interval days and things like that, I was doing different, but like my weekend long runs, it's like, let's just run around the town and do like go explore. Yeah. Go the <laughs> yeah. All the time when we're on like trips and stuff with like family or with my wife, like, yeah, I'll go out, I'll run in the morning, then we'll be trying to navigate somewhere later in the day, or might be in like a foreign country. And she's like, how do you know these roads? I was like, well, I get lost and I took a wrong turn on this one and I went down that one. And then like, you know, that's how you get around this like random location. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, you started, you kind of mentioned something in there that I think is really important to bring up. And I'd love for you to elaborate on it is, the wearables, the numbers, and, and really focusing on that. Cause I, I, you know, so many times it's like, we just want to get a faster pace on, on whatever we're doing. We want to hit higher numbers. We want to, you know, all these things, we want these little awards, but we also have to remember like listening to how our body feels, listening to kind of what's going on in the life and not focusing so much on that. Yeah. And and I, I agree. I think like, you know, the numbers have their role in their place. Like, you know, if I, if I'm doing an interval, so if I'm trying to do like a very specific workout on the bike on the trainer, you know, I am looking at some pieces or I'm looking at some numbers, but you know, there's a balance there. You can't do every workout like that. Um, and, you know, I think for me, it's one thing that draws me to triathlon a little bit is that, you know, not everything is going to go perfect on race day. Uh, like, you know, there's going to be stuff that you have to pivot to and you have to adjust to. And, you know, there are going to be points when your body's feeling great and there's going to be points when your body's feeling not great. Um, and I think like, you know, if you're training just on those numbers, you're not going to know how to adjust in that moment based on how you feel. 
Uh, so, you know, just going out and running or just going out and biking and just going with how you feel and, and turning off the gadgets a lot of the times, I think is a huge benefit. Uh, one, it, get, it gets you much more used to what your body needs and what those feelings are um, and when you're on race day. Uh, you know, what that actually, you know, will be like, so you can adjust and you can pivot. And, you know, maybe you do have to, you know, sometimes go harder than you want on a race because certain conditions and then go easier at other points of time. Um, and it's it, very important to kind of get used to that. Uh, and then, you know, I also think just like sometimes for me, there's also a mental aspect of it uh, that, you know, especially in, in longer races, you know, we're out there for a long time. It's just you, your mind. And, you know, no music, uh, often not allowed trap on. Um, and so, you know, turning off the music, turning off, you know, the watch, turning off the stuff, being able to just focus on what's going around. If you really listen to it, mentally helps you get through some of the, the actual race day events and actually preparing for that. Um, but also I think like your body is not only the best numbers that, that you can have, uh, like, you know, I can, I can start a run and without my watch being on, I can tell you if I'm going to come back, you know, within 10 minutes at a good pace or a bad pace. My, my body knows when I wake up in the morning um, and really getting a tune of that is just, it's a huge benefit, I think, in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, it can take some getting some time to get there, but yeah, it's so important just to understand what your body's feeling, when it's feeling and being able to, like you said, you, like, you, you know, in the morning, it's going to be a great runner or a slower one and kind of what your paces are going to be. And I think understanding that can be so helpful, especially when it's coming to race day. Like you may just wake up one morning on race day. And it's like, you know what? I'm not feeling awesome. Let's just go out and do the best that I can do today. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, you know, super important to know and, and super important to be able to, you know, kind of cope for us, just be like, you know, I'll go on race days and always to set up personal passes and always to win. It's, it's really to do the best we can do in those conditions and in those that day. Um, and whether that be, you know, you've had a tough week leading this race or, you know, you got sick or something that affects it or whether it be, I think like you see this particularly in longer distance sports in trail running and obstacle racing and triathlon where, you know, conditions are just not consistent. You're not running a hundred meter dash where, you know, it's the exact same, exact same track. Um, there are some days you might get out there and it might be snowing, it might be raining, uh, you know, and, and be able to adjust for that is really important. Um, kind of on the number of things, one thing I always also find fun to do, and it's kind of like a, a little game I play myself is I have a kind of a loop around where I live that, you know, I run most days. Um, some days it's fun to just not look at the numbers, run the loop and come back and, and kind of guess, like, how did I actually do on that? How did I feel like? Do I think I ran, you know, seven minutes, seven thirties, six thirties. It's kind of fun to get that sense. And I think also that gives you a sense of, you know, where your body might be. If you felt like you put out the efforts of like a hard, like, you know, 645 pace or something on that. And you look at your watch and seven thirties, when you get back, like maybe that means there's more stress on your life and maybe your body isn't recovered to the mm-hmm. point that it needs to be. Um, and, and that's something you can kind of take into account there. Yeah. And that's a great point. You know, there's, and I think a lot of that too is really important to pay attention to, um, after a big race or after a big event. Cause I know like if I'm coming off a big event where my nervous system is tanked, it's like, I'll go do a recovery. Like I still remember one day of like, I'm not feeling too bad. I'll go do a recovery run half a mile. And I'm like, and I'm walking, <laughs> like yeah. I was just so tanked. I'm like, yep, this isn't happening yet. <laughs> 
I mean, same thing. Last year I had uh, with, you know, COVID and a bunch of race deferrals, I had like a season I would have never planned for myself. And the one month last year, I did my first Ironman ever, um, a half Ironman. And then the end of the month was the New York City Marathon. Uh, and yeah, I got... I got to the marathon. I was like, my, my body's not there. Like, you know, I'm going to do the best I can this day. I'm, I'm going to push through, but like, I just know, like my, my body's just not quite recovered where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think I could have done more damage to myself if I, if I went out and said like, you know, I'm going to try to run what I think I can run in a marathon or, or run as hard as I can. Um, whereas I had to actually say like, you know, I need to scale this back and have reasonable expectations. So. Let's take a brief moment to talk about the Get Your Fix app. This app was designed with the athlete in mind. Both the athlete who is injured and wants to get past it, as well as the athlete who wants to become resilient. There are programs on the app for you if you are a runner, as well as you if you are a CrossFit athlete or an obstacle course racer. So I encourage you to go check it out at app.getyourfixpt.com. Once again, that is app.getyourfixpt.com. And now back to the conversation. So I'm curious what you do besides just, you know, taking those recovery days when you need to, like, what else are you doing from a sleep aspect, nutrition, hydration, et cetera, to help your body recover after you have those like big events or you're just feeling overly taxed? Yeah. So I think like, you know, uh, I guess I'll sort of kind of in that order, sleep, hydration, nutrition, in that order. Um, for me, like sleep is important. Um, I think like it's important to really budget time for, for the sleep. Um, and it, it's a little tough for me because, you know, uh, I'm a morning person. Like, you know, no matter when I go to bed, I'm up at 5, 6 a.m. in the morning, guaranteed. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> so, you know, really like making a practice of, you know, being in bed by 10 o'clock at night. And sometimes if I need to going into race week, being in bed earlier um, and making that actually a habit um, is very important and actually trying to stick to it. Um, And and sometimes, you know, it it has downsides. Like I can't watch the Celtics in the finals right now. I have to record (laughs) them because they start at 9 p.m. at night. Who knows why? Um, But, uh, you know, making those adjustments on it. And then uh, I also think just like, you know, in terms of nutrition, I generally try to eat pretty healthy overall. I'm not like super focused on anything in particular, but, you know, just, you know, making sure I'm getting, uh, you know, high quality foods that, you know, if I find myself like craving snacking or something or craving, like to me, that means like I probably missed something in my diet and, you know, maybe I should have had, you know, more oats. Like there, there's something my body's actually craving um, and, and really learning to kind of balance and eat that and, and what your body actually needs um it's kind of a big one for me um and then I think like the last piece of my recovery that I think a lot of people don't consider is in long distance triathlon we spend a ton of time training the the three sports uh we spend a ton of time running a ton of time swimming a ton of time um you know biking uh for me I really do try to incorporate you know a lot of I would say like weight workouts but really it's a lot of body weight stretching stuff like that that mobility um, especially on my recovery days, um, I find that very important to, you know, just kind of keep my loose, keep those ligaments, you know, a little bit stretched out and not so just focus on just those sports. Um, and that's kind of, you know, whether it be yoga, whether it be body weight exercises, something I always try to incorporate, you know, once or twice a week on kind of lighter days, um, into, you know, my practice too. 
Yeah. That last part is so important. Um, Cause yeah, it's, I call the unsexy side of sport, you know, it's like doing the mobility work. Isn't fun doing the stuff just to keep your body moving better. Isn't fun. We don't go on social media and see the people doing that. Like, so it doesn't really yeah. look like they're doing that, but they are, I promise the elites are. Um, but it's just, it's the boring part. It's the not fun part. And so it's easy to be neglected. Yeah. And I, I definitely like, you know, I was doing a big training block earlier this year, getting ready for the Boston marathon. And I definitely neglected that. Um, and, you know, definitely like quickly saw maybe not leading up to that race, but after that race um, and in that recovery, how much neglecting it for the last couple months beforehand actually did affect me. And the fact that, you know, I had kind of these niggling, you know, tendonitis foot things coming out of the race that just didn't go away as fast as it would have been. And, you know, once I started that back up, sort of the stretching and stuff, you know, it definitely helps back again. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Something I know that you had mentioned too, is and one of the reasons you absolutely love the endurance sports and triathlon um, is because they're, you know, we, we did talk about, you know, finding what works for your body, but um, is also the whole fact that like, there's always, there's so many elements of it that there's always something to improve on, on with it. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious how, because like, especially like CrossFit OCR, there's similar to triathlon. Like there's so many elements to, to work on and that, and to focus on, and we it can get very overwhelming at times. How do you really like figure out how to like work on everything, but also not like let thing like, how do I word that? I think you know what I mean. Not like neglect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think, yeah, I think yeah, absolutely. one thing that I like about triathlon in this sport is that, you know, you aren't going to be the fastest swimmer out there. You're not going to be the fastest runner out there and you're not going to be the fastest biker. And you're certainly not going to be all three of those. So if you look at any race, the fastest biker was not the fastest swimmer was not the fastest runner. Um, and so, you know, you have to find, you know, what works for you, both in terms of day to day, but also within the race and, you know, piecing those puzzles together to, get your best performance, whether that means going easier on a swim or harder on a bike, um, kind of piecing together that kind of chess match you're always playing um, is really what has drawn me to it. Um, in terms of like how that goes into my training, I think is, you know, I often do look at the races. I do look at, you know, what I think I want to improve at. Um, and I often kind of break my training up into these more focused blocks of, of training. So, you know, for me, you know, uh, the winter is a great time to just do a really heavy focus on, I want to improve my swim during this block. And so I'm going to up, you know, the number of times I'm swimming, uh, obviously running outside here in the Northeast and biking outside is kind of a no-go uh, or gets slightly more dangerous. Um, so, you know, it's a great time to really focus on like, you know, a lot of that, you know, running, uh, a lot of the swimming and, and really focus on your technique and core there. I'll be, I'm still running and biking, just not nearly as much. And then, you know, going to the spring, spring marathon season, I'll, I'll kind of pivot and focus a little bit on, you know, running and then, you know, summer a little bit more on biking. Um, and to me, one, it allows me to kind of, instead of trying to do everything at once, really devote my focus on, you know, that session or what I'm trying to focus in that block. Um, and my other workouts, you know, are more about maintaining my bike fitness, maintaining my run fitness, um, more of that kind of, easy, relaxed, you know, zone one, zone two kind of workouts, um, whereas, you know, really heavily focused on swimming. And two, it 
it keeps it interesting. I think like across the year, right? If you're if you're trying to do the same kind of workout, you know, three runs, three bikes. If you're doing that every week, it kind of gets mind numbing, and, and you lose that, you know, passion. And you have to kind of switch between those focuses and be like, hey, like I'm going to really focus these two months, see how I can do, what improvements I can make, and then kind of pivot. Um, really helps. Um, I think to kind of keep that focus uh, and be able to, you know, break up your training a little bit across the year. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, it, it, it's one thing I think about all kind of, and OCO is exactly like it is that like, you know, you kind of have to pivot on the day, the race, you know, some people are good at one thing, some people are good at another thing. And I think that's one thing cool about these sports is that when you go there, you know, not this, a whole diverse type of people out there, uh, because people are good at different things, um, that like, you know, a, the build of a good swimmer looks very different than the build of a, a marathon runner. Um, and then like when you get into triathlon, it's some weird spectrum in between of everything. <laughs> uh, and everyone has their strengths and everyone has things. I think that's really awesome to see. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, it's always interesting. You know, I've never done a triathlon. It's always interesting though, with OCR, as far as like the, faster runners might then slow down on the obstacles. And so that you kind of like have this like forward and back positioning type thing that happens. And, and then it just kind of like ends up to, um, and then the strength aspect comes a lot into it too. Like for some of the heavy carries, um, some of the faster runners aren't the strongest. And so, um, it's really, it's really interesting and fun to, to watch and see, um, yeah. how the different body types and things like that handle different obstacles it's also i also think it's good to know like when you're competing like just be honest with you like i know i'm not the best swimmer right i come out of the swim and all my races pretty far back in the pack but like stay within yourself and like you know don't panic know that you have your strengths off running is probably my strong suit so um i guess i'm lucky in the sense that like i'm probably always in the back and working my way forward through the races which gives good motivation um but you know being able to balance that and, and know where your strengths are and not over push myself on the swim when I know I have my strength, you know, later on that I can kind of fall back on is important too. Yeah. You nailed something there and really is, especially on, um, competition and race day is staying in your lane. Cause it can be so easy to let the adrenaline get you at the beginning and go out hard with everyone else when you perfectly, when no perfectly well, like this first part of it may not be your best event and <laughs> you may die later because of what you're trying to do right now. You're never going to win a triathlon in the swim, but you can certainly lose a triathlon <laughs> yeah. in the swim if you go out too hard. So, yeah. And I, and I think like, that's another part of the thing, like the day of, you know, sometimes you do have to adjust. Um, like I spoke, uh, you know, a little bit about my, my first Ironman last year. And, you know, one of the things that happened to us on that one was, you know, we got out of the swim, they actually warned us that there was probably going to be storms that came in, you know, halfway through the bike. Uh, and so, you know, I constantly think myself like, you know, okay, well, I'm actually going to go hard, harder than I normally would on the first half of the bike. And, you know, cause I know when those storms come in, I'm going to be forced to do 50 miles of recovery riding. Essentially. I'm not going to be able to go as hard. Um, so being able to adapt to that and kind of build those conditions a little bit. Um, it's also something that always factors in there. And also I think why it's important to, you know, not be so back to the, the numbers and stuff, not be so rigid on them um, because you might have to pivot. Like to say, like, I need to do this pace for the whole time. Well, maybe that's not possible because maybe conditions are going to change. So. Mm -hmm. 
something else too that um, keeps coming to mind and I forgot to mention it or forgot to say when it came to mind earlier is when it comes to pivoting is remembering as seasons change, paces are going to change too. Like as it gets hotter, it takes a while to adapt to that. So your paces are going to be a little bit slower as it gets icy out. Like you have to be a little more cautious. And so your paces are going to be slower. And so like, we can't be so locked into paces because just the adaptations of our body is going to change based on weather conditions too. Yeah. I mean, we're going through that right now here in the Northeast. We had a pretty long spring and then all of a sudden I went out for a run the other day and it was like 85 degrees and like humid. And I was like, Oh, hang on. This is very, very different. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't 60 degrees overcast, like a light breeze. No, it was very different. And I think like, yeah, I mean, that's something you definitely have to factor in and like, you know, it's another stressing body and eventually you're just to that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely, you know, something I kind of watch for and, and kind of be seeing that too, which is interesting. Yeah. Is there kind of to start closing it out? Hmm. Anything in your training or your experience that we haven't talked about today that you feel would be really beneficial to bring up or share with the listeners? Um, yeah, I think in my experience, you know, one of the things is, is kind of like, incremental gains and incremental steps. Um, it's another thing I, I like about triathlon and, and I've seen this in running too. And you, you see an obstacle course, uh, is that there's a lot of different ways you can enter into these sports and you can start small and then eventually build up to something, you know, they didn't think you'd ever be able to do. Um, when I did my first triathlon in, in 2018, like you said, I was going to do an Ironman four years I always said no way that's that's a joke I can't do that I don't have any athletic background but you know same thing in running you know you can go out and you can do you know a walk and then you can do a 5k and then 10k and you kind of build up to that kind of as you as you go and it kind of really progress um and I think that's one thing that's great about those sports I've seen my training is taking those small steps um I think you see sometimes a lot of people go out and kind of bucket list especially in Ironman I think like have the bucket list of I want to do one and they they go out and they, they train hard for Ironman they burn themselves out for sports but to me that there's really a enjoyment in this slow build and getting to the eventual way um and to kind of make that keep progression um to kind of stay in the sport longer and I also think it you know it's a little bit better on the body too uh you know to to build up the endurance for some of the longer stuff like it's not going to happen in six months, nine months. It's going to take years for your body to adjust for that and for you to really learn how that is. Um, so that's definitely, you know, something I look at my training and it's part of the, the process that I really enjoy. So, yeah, that's a great point. Cause there's, I think it's, you know, newer runners, triathletes, athletes in general, they see people who are like running marathons really well, doing Ironmans, doing all this stuff. And it's just like, well, they're doing it so I can, but they're not seeing the fact that they've been doing this for seven years, 10 years, like however long of time, it wasn't just a, I decided one day I was going to do this and three months later <laughs> I'm doing it. Yeah. And I, and I'm sure like they could go out and they could train and they, they could finish one, but like, you know, they, they're going to be beat up and they're not going to, they're going to be burnt out and like, you know, uh, maybe not be able to stay in the sport as much and you know if this is something you really want to make a, a lifelong change for healthy habits or be able to stay in sport and, and avoid that burnout um is you know something to do uh and you know actually that's something i did touch on was you know avoiding burnout too it's like one thing i always do is you know end of season i take time off i 
don't do anything except maybe if I feel like going out for a jog or if I feel like going for a long walk or hike, I'll do that. But I'll take a couple of weeks off because you, you kind of need that mental reset every now and then. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, all like major sports have their season and their off season like, yeah. or whatever, you know, for the most part, endurance sports, they have it, but at the same time they don't, cause you can find races year round if you want to travel and that sort of thing for them. Um, so it is important to figure out like, what is your season going to be? And, you know, not that you have to take like a month to do absolutely nothing, but take a month just to go play, go have fun, just do some easy recovery stuff and let your body yeah, recover. You don't need to just sit around on the couch, but, you know, go do, go do other sports, try something new. Um, and I think that's the important. I think a lot of people worry that they're going to lose all their fitness in that month or every game made the year. But, you know, if you stay active and stuff, it comes back pretty easy, you know, the next year. And, you know, whether that be, you know, you know, the Northeast, go skiing a little bit or, you know, go hiking or, you know, um, try something new. Uh, I've tried to learn to ice skate plenty of times. That never ends well for me. But um, <laughs> so. And even if it's just the same sport, like I know for me, I'm in, in the Phoenix area, our big competition season is the winter for the most part and early spring. Um, and it's like, by the end of that time, I'm just like, I'm ready just to train for a while and just kind of like not be stressed, not think about what competition do I have next and do I need to train for? It's just simply like, let's just train and have fun again for, for a bit. Yeah. Just like you need why we started doing it in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think there's other ways you can mix up like befriending stuff, whether it be like doing trail runs too, just doing Mm -hmm. something different um, than you normally do is a a good way to kind of mix up and get that passion and and keep the drive going. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Brett, you've shared some really great information um, about, you know, about trading, about your experiences and everything. If anyone just wants to connect with you, where can they find you at? Yeah, um, probably the easiest spot is I do have like a personal website and blog. Um, really simple. It's brettmusco.com. Uh, it links out to my socials from there. Um, but uh, on Instagram, I'm also uh, keep on trying um, on Instagram. Uh, so anyway, can reach out to me there or any other areas online. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. This was a fun conversation. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me on and uh, super excited for the podcast. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and got some great information from it. If you are looking for more great information, I encourage you to go check out getyourfixpt.com. There you can gain access to blog posts, other podcast interviews, my online programs, and the race prep masterclass, which is for you if you are a chronically injured runner with foot and ankle issues. Once again, that is all at getyourfixpt.com. And I hope you join us next week for another great episode.